And I'm going to read just a little small piece at the end of this letter to a group of people that he loves. His heart is very dear to this people. And this is kind of the last words that he says at the end of 1 Thessalonians. You can see this in chapter 5. This is Paul's word to this church that he loves dearly. He says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And then he ends with these words. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to do today. There's kind of six things. We want to give honor to those who have made church possible over this past year. We want to esteem each other in love. We want to do that this morning. We want to encourage those who are thinking about getting involved to find a place to serve. We want to rejoice together. We want to pray together. And we want to give thanks together. Yes, we really hope this morning is full of celebration and joy and honor and thanksgiving. So let's just give a good round of applause. This is exciting this morning. Okay, so here's what we want to do with our time today. Um, We want to remember this day. We want to remember the past year. We want to remember God's faithfulness to our church. We want to remember all of the work that so many people have put in to make our church what it is. And so we're going to be hearing from six different representatives of different ministries, of different uh, people working hard to make our church happen. And the reality is, I mean, honestly, I could bring up hundreds of people to share what they've done throughout the year, what God has done throughout the year. And I know for a fact that we are going to miss people, but we are going to do everything we can to remember uh, everyone at some point. Um, But we've got six different individuals who will be coming up, six different kind of units. We'll be sharing just different aspects of what God has done uh, in their life, in their ministry uh, over the year. And so here's the thing. After each of these people come up and share, um, we are going to have a giant toast we're going to have a big cheers. And so um, I asked the elders if we could get like 500 uh, glasses of Cristal, but they said something about a budget and fiscal responsibility. And so um, I think for six ninety nine, I was able to get 40 Capri Suns. Score. So Score. I, I literally have a Capri Sun for every person here. And we're going to cheers after every one of these. So beautiful. All right. The first... The first ministry that we're going to bring on up here is, uh, is a representative of our middle school ministry. Uh, we've got a full team of people who have worked super hard this past year uh, to make middle school happen. So, Megan, who are we bringing on up here? We got the Evans clan. We got John and Wendy yeah, Evans. Yeah, give it up for them. I seriously talk about taking it on this year. Good thing you brought your Capri Suns. Way to remember that. So, yeah, John and Wendy, tell us a little bit about this past year. What's God done? What have you guys been doing? Give us just a little report here. Great. Nice to see everybody. Um, John, Wendy here. Um, we have our three kids, Ryan, Caleb, Noah, ninth grade, seventh grade, fifth grade coming up for them. Um, we started helping out in the middle school about three years ago. And uh, at the time, Nick was focused on middle school. And, um, you know, we were there to help. 
and uh, you know how that is. You help a little, and then you love it, and you just keep growing in what, what you're doing and how you can help. Um, so we're, we're leading small groups, that sort of thing, on Sunday mornings and, and Wednesday nights. And then Nick had to leave for family reasons, but he was growing this program, and it was doing so well. We didn't want the inertia to slow down. You know, he had just great momentum. So um, we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to step up and just kind of lead the group and uh, make sure it continues on. We didn't really know if that was going to be for uh, four weeks or four years, and we still don't know. Um, I, you know, we're, I think, eight months in, something like that. Um, but it's a huge team effort. It's not just us. Uh, there's been lots of people that have helped in little periods where they could and they wanted to. You know, and some people, they wanted to try it out. They wanted to come along with us, help, and they said, you know what? I don't feel like this is the place where I can do my best work. And that's awesome. That's that's great to try stuff out. But right now, um, the Hagens are super involved. The Wisniewskis are super involved. The Outlands, Jordan Smith, Claire Connor. So we have different ages helping, and we all just kind of lean on each other. Yeah, so one of the really exciting things about middle school is it's definitely on um, a growth curve. Uh, Three years ago when we started, we had about 8 to 10 middle schoolers. Um, By the beginning of this year, end of, or this last school year, we were at about 20 plus. Um, And now we pretty much consistently this school year have between 25 and 30 middle schoolers um, every single Sunday. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Um, that's super exciting. We have um, kids, a lot of them are Northwest Hills uh, families. Most of them have come up through the children's ministry program. Kurt does a really great job of kind of setting that stage for us to kind of help these kids grow their faith as they go through their life stages. Um, a lot of our kids are friends that come along with members from Northwest Hills. Some kids, maybe even uh, their parents go to a different church, and they said, nope, I want to go to this middle school group. So they come and join us. Um, We cover a large range of territory. We have Linus Pauling, Sheldon, Franklin, Philomath Middle School, North Albany Middle School, Zion, and Sandy M. Christian. That's a lot of schools covered in one spot, which is pretty exciting. Um, And it's just exciting to see the growth because this is such a crucial time. The kids are all in transition of kind of going from this being their parents' faith and um, Bible stories to kind of growing in their own faith and helping this to become their own. Um, So we're pretty excited that they're uh, still coming every Sunday. So we want the kids to have an identity in Christ, and we want that for ourselves. Um, we want them to follow Christ. We want them to live like Christ. But sometimes it's hard to know what that looks like um, when you're 11 to 14, which is the middle school age. Um, but it's actually interesting. In Luke, um, Luke chapter 2, there's a reference to a point in time when Jesus is 12 years old, it says. So that's perfect, right? Um, and uh, actually, the, in the story, he ditches his parents, right, and, uh, and preaches and so we don't, we don't ask our kids to ditch their parents. But the chapter ends um, with saying that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. And so, so that's where our focus is. So we're trying to grow in biblical wisdom, um, and we're trying to grow in our relationship with God. And then I think it's really important for the kids. They're growing in their uh, relationships with each other. And so they get to know each other. Um, they get a... Uh, safe place to hang out and talk. And then when they go to school, they know kids from church, right? 
Yeah, so kind of a typical day. Um, you know, you see all the middle schoolers uh, going off to this side of campus, and who knows what's going on down there. So um, here's kind of a typical day for us. We usually start off with some hangout time. Um, there's no better way for them to build community than being able to just hang out with each other, um, whether that's Foursquare, Gagaball, just chatting, kind of giving them the options of different places that they can just kind of kind of be while we kind of mill around too and form relationships. Um, we are using a curriculum. Um, it's a great curriculum each week. Um, it teaches, it's gospel-based, um, and it just really takes the gospel and helps these kids relate the gospel to their everyday life and culture. Um, it's hard in a town like this, especially to be at a middle school and be a Christian. And we want to help them know how to go through that culture um, and still keep their faith strong and growing with hopefully others as well. Um, we do a lot around prayer, um, confession, our need for mercy, um, hearing God's calling, being able to recognize what God's voice is, um, especially when it comes in relationship with other people around them. Um, after that, we usually break them up into small groups. We have girl, sixth grade girls, sixth grade boys, seventh and eighth grade girls, and seventh and eighth grade boys. Um, we take them into separate areas. And that's kind of our chance to dig deeper into what we just talked about in large group, but also a really great chance to kind of build relationship and kind of give them a safe spot where they can kind of share their concerns with what's maybe something's going on at school. What was your peak? What was your valley this week? What's going on? Um, kind of give them a place that they can just um, navigate some of those questions they have. Um, and then usually final or finish off with games. Um, we try to do a mixture between Bible-based, kind of keep that Bible trivia going strong, um, and also uh, just for fun because that's important too for community. So we have a great group of leaders, great group of leaders, like I mentioned, uh, great kids, but we just see so much potential Um uh, we weren't asked to do a recruitment plug or even given permission to do that. Um, but there are ways that people can help, either big or small. And, um, you know, there's, peop- there's kids and adults in our group that have a desire to put together music and, and a band. Um, there's mentoring that would just be great for the kids. Um, there, we'd love to get back to doing a weeknight group of mostly games, that kind of thing. And People's involvement can be big or small, right? Whether you're there, we need people who are there. We need people who like an int- intimate setting to kind of um, talk with kids. Um, and people who like the big, crazy setting, it all kind of happens in the middle school group. So um, if anyone's interested in, in joining with us, we'd love it. I think that's it. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pour them a glass to share. Yeah, we can link arms. Why not? I'm going to pour. Yeah, you pour. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So we got to all stand up. Hold your Capri Sun. Okay, remember, we're going to do this seven times. So don't drink it all at once. We're going to cheers. I want to hear it. Here is to an amazing year of junior high and to an amazing year to come. Cheers. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we're going to hear from Kiki Emoto for about children's ministry. Here she comes. Let's give her a round of applause. We love children's ministry. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Along with Kiki, we could fill the stage 10 times over. So uh, thank you so much. 
All of you who do children's, and Kiki's got a word for us. Um, okay, so my name is Kiki Omoto. Uh, I kind of grew up in this church, so I've been here for a while. Um, you might, maybe some of you know when I was really small. Um, anyways, I am talking about children's ministry today, which I feel like I just have to start off by saying I need to channel my inner Pastor Kurt and say how excited I am to be here. Um, even though, really, when it comes to being on stage, this is not my forte at all. Um, Thanks. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be just talking about some of the things that have been going on in children's ministry this year. Um, one of the things that I'm sure many families have noticed, we've got a new check-in system. Um, and that check-in system has been really great for the office staff in terms of tracking attendance. But it's also been really good for families in terms of it being a more secure and safe um, system for checking families in and making sure kids go home with the right people. Um, and it's also been, it's all, what? Always a good thing. Yes, always a good thing. I um, want to make sure everyone goes home with the right people. Um, and then it's also technology-based, which just shows that we are, a, it just get, adds to the cool factor of our church, too. Um, uh, secondly, we have been working on new curriculum as well here at church. So I got to be part of the team that... Um, got to help look over a lot of the different curriculums that we're using for the preschool department or the preschool classrooms. Um, and one of the things that we were looking for and one of the things that was great about the new curriculum that we picked is that it's God-centered. Um, so it's not so much previously, a long time ago, our curriculum was very focused on um, the characters of the Bible stories or um, the morals and what we want kids to learn. And the new curriculum is great because it focuses on God. So last week I taught a lesson um, on David and Goliath and um, that lesson didn't focus so much on David and the little boy that he was, but it focused on how big God is and how God can use someone so small and work through people. So kids so small and do great things through them. Um, So that was the new curriculum that I was also, it's called True, and um, I just have to do a plug to all the summer teachers that I just met with and thank them for helping out as well. Um, And then thirdly, um, I got to, one of the things that was really cool that I got to be a part of was um, some of the remodels. So part of the 50 for 50 project that we've been doing here at church um, were the new classrooms, um, remodeling all the classrooms in children's ministry. Um, And what started out as just some sketches that I sent back and forth to Kurt through email um, ended up being turning into, thanks to Heather Keir and Derek Kropp, um, turned into some 3D cutouts that are now on the walls, which is really cool because it went from just some very basic teacher tools that I have, which are Crayola markers and paper. Um, Those two things ended up being cutouts that are now up on the walls, um, which really has nothing to do with my artistic abilities because I have none, um, but has more to do with just how God can use you if you just let him and say yes. All right. Thank you. All right, so here is to another year of hundreds of children ministry volunteers. Here's to another year of Pastor Kurt and his awesomeness. Let's hear it loud and clear on three. One, two, three. All right, thank you, Kiki. And now we're going to hear from Dr. Val Sheen on missions. I know, round of applause. This is a very uh, special moment. Capri Sun in hand. Yes, I got it. Wonderful. It's so good to see you guys. This is amazing to be able to be here. I didn't expect to be in America right now, but I had a 
a brief visit, so it's wonderful to see you guys. As you know, as you know, I'm Dr. Val, and I live in Uganda. I work with a tribe called the Karamajong, who are a real violent, aggressive tribe that have been raiding cows for one another for many decades. But God called me as a veterinary missionary to come out there and to help them with their animals and to lead them to Christ. So it's been great to be together with them and to help them to find ways that they can uh, be able to turn away from the warring and the fighting and see how God can work in their lives. When I first got there, it was so terrifying with a lot of gunfire and people shooting and killing each other. And I'm in a little grass thatch hat in the middle of everything. And I really, really prayed for God to bring opportunities to bring peace to the area. And amazingly, over time, um, God helped to, us to have a, a kind of a two-pronged approach to bring peace to the communities, helping them to recognize the need to repent and to turn away from fighting, and then also to help the victims of warfare. And it's been really amazing that just shortly in a month from now, those two uh, prongs are going to converge, the helping the victims as well as bringing peace to the community. Um, as you know, it's been a peace process of about 12 years. Um, we started holding peace prayer dialogues, bringing them together, um, and God had some amazing break, breakthroughs where the two tribes came together and established these peace villages in the, the former warring areas of the communities there. Um, but the challenge was that these places were so far away that we didn't have social services for them. They had no good water to drink. They had no schools. They had no electricity. They had no roads. Um, and they had no medical care. And so we've been praying over these last decade to try to find a way for that to be resolved. Um, so besides the fighting, we were trying to help the victims in war. And some of those are especially the very vulnerable people, like the children. A lot of orphans are there, and a lot of women who lost their husbands or have been abused in the process. And so we're trying to set up programs for them. And one that you know well is the Timothy Project to help in education, to get the kids into school. And Northwest Hills has been the key group to be able to help those kids um, to turn away from um, living on the streets and a life of poverty and to be able to have a future through education. So I praise God for the work that you guys have been doing there. More than 200 kids have been able to go through this program. So it's very exciting. Um, so it was in 2007, there was a little boy um, named Lokut Michael Igira, and he was begging on the streets of Kampala. He had nobody to care for him um, and resorted to crawling up into the dumpsters to, to find partially eaten food or some kind of uh, uh, discarded rotten vegetables to eat. And so he told us later that he had to sleep on the curbs uh, in front of the shops because he had nowhere to stay. Um, but amazingly, uh, God heard his prayers, and we were able to get him off the streets, and we got sponsors from Northwest Hills to be able to help him. He was able to go to school, and, uh, and just this last year, he finished nursing uh, college. And so it's amazing to see that he has a future uh, in the side of nursing. So we thank God for sponsors at, at Northwest Hills that sponsored him and were able to uh, help him to see what possibilities he could have. And so now he's, uh, as he graduated, he wrote to me an amazing, wonderful, heartwarming note that said, God has done so much for me, and I'm so grateful to those who reached out to me. How can I now help so that I can be a blessing to others? Wow, we were so excited. We said, no, his longing is going to answer our prayers also. The thousands of people that are currently in the peace villages have no health care. They're out there with so many diseases. They're dying from malaria. They're dying even from diarrhea. Little kids are dying because they don't have anybody to teach them, sorry, how to take care of their kids. And now we have Lokut, 
who's willing to um, come and live together with those people. Amazingly, in the last few years, we've built a medical clinic there, and we've built a nurse's house, but we didn't have anybody to come. And God has now opened that way through the Timothy Project and other sponsorship programs that we have to bring someone that can do that. So we see God is doing great things. Mm -hmm. This little boy that God picked up out of the gutter is coming to bring a hand of healing to people. The victim has now become our hero. God is great. So this is what God can do. He can see the ending from the beginning. He knows the victory from the very first battle cry. He has a plan to work all things for good for those that love him, who are called according to his purposes. May our hope, faith, and love endure forever. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. Oh, my gosh. Let's cheers to that. That was beautiful. Here's a cheers to two decades. Do it, Do it Val. That, that's a heavy drink. <laughs> On three. One, two, three. Cheers. All right. We want to welcome Keith Lampy up here, who's representing our senior fellowship group. Here is Keith. Let's give him a round of applause. Well, good morning. Uh, Josh told everyone else five or six minutes. He told me one or two, and there's probably a good reason for that. So when you come into Northwest Hills and you're kind of walking around and meandering around in the courtyard before you go into church, do you ever see a few people kind of going into a side classroom and they look like they may be a little whiter hair and walking a little bit slower, and you just kind of walk by them, and you say, oh, that's kind of nice, and you just keep on going into a big church, and you see your friends, or you get coffee, or or you kind of know they're there, but you really don't know they're there. You don't have to raise your hands, but I thought that, I saw that, and I'm sure many people out here do too. Well, that's what we call our seniors class, and for years, we've been trying to change the name to maybe our fellowship class. And so that is a class that's been meeting at Northwest Hills for probably over 20 years, I guess. Uh, how long ago, John, were you and Diane involved with that? Yeah, yeah, for quite a few years. Well, it's a class that's been meeting at Northwest Hills, and some of it started as a result of Esther Jabs, who passed away about a year ago, who was forming a group of uh, widows and seniors and people in the church that wanted to get together and have a time for them to uh, just fellowship and have a time for them to do Bible studies and have a time for them to get together. Well, one of the first things that I was involved in the Northwest Hills, and I was going to get this plug in, even though Josh said to keep it short, was uh, Men's 127. So that's a group of men at Northwest Hills that's been around for about 14 years now, maybe a little bit longer. It's based on the verse, James 127, that basically says, what is true religion? Well, true religion is taking care of your widows and your orphans, and living a pure life. And that's just kind of a quick summary. So a group of men at Northwest Hills decided to form a group, and we still meet today. As I look out here, I see many guys who've been involved in this in the past, and they're involved in it currently, where our goal and objective is to adopt a widow or an elderly couple within our church, and then help them with physical needs, to help them with uh, needs around the house, but ultimately to develop relationships with them, and to become a part of their family. And that's what we've been doing. And it's a great ministry, and it's something that I look forward to, and it's something that I encourage 
the men in the church here to uh, highly consider. And, and to be a reality about it, I don't think it's optional. When, when you look at what the scripture says, when you look at what the scripture requires of us, uh, you look in the book of Acts, and when the first thing that the church had to resolve is a system and a process where how widows and orphans were being taken care of within the church body. So it's a responsibility that we have, and it's a responsibility I think we take seriously and it's a great responsibility. But within that setting, my adoptee, the person that I was uh, uh, responsible to work with, was Esther Jabs. And Esther um, had asked me, saying, uh, the Reese's are involved, or John's taking on uh, eldership and leadership roles, and they're moving out of teaching, and Colonel Snow's involved in other things. So some of the other teachers were stepping back a little bit, and she asked if I would be involved in it. I said, sure, that's something I would look at and consider. And you go into that situation, and you think, wow, this is going to be a large undertaking. Well, it's not. You quickly learn that you go into a setting and, and this group is an amazing group. The group is a group of community. And it's a group that first starts out when you enter into the class. You're going to sing some old-time hymns, and, and just the way it is. And, 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 you, and, you, and, you, and if you grew up in a church setting, you're going to enjoy them. And, but the focus of our group, the focus of the community, is really involved in prayer. And this is deep prayer. And this is prayer that is serious. This is prayer that, that they take to heart. These are prayer warriors that you're involved in. These are people that have spent their years, years uh, in front of God's throne. These are people that get up in the morning that are on their knees. And when you're in this class and you express a concern or you express a praise, it's taken deeply, it's taken seriously. And we'll spend a good portion of our class in prayer. And one of the emphasis that our class has is our missions. So Val, you and Waffle are prayed for every Sunday. And, and, and all the other missions are really uh, brought before God's kingdom and, and they're cared for. So the, so the class is focused on that. And then Russ, is Russ here? This I don't see Russ. So Russ and I have the privilege of leading the class in scriptural studies and doing some teaching. And what we found real quickly is there's nothing that we can do or present that most of the people in this class haven't seen before or been involved in before. So there's not a lot that you can do. Basically, the easiest thing for us to do, and it's probably the appropriate, is we just look at uh, going through books of the Bible. So this last year, we spent time in the book of John and just loved it. And uh, now we've been going through Acts, and we've stopped around Acts 19. And so, uh, so we did go through Acts 17. So we did say, see that scripture there. So, so we're just a, a group that looks at looking at Scripture, holding each other in prayer. It's a time of fellowship. So here's the deal. You don't have to be a senior to be involved in this class. It is a great class. The people care for you. The people there love you. And uh, we encourage you to be a part of it. And it's an opportunity for um, if you want to be ever involved in teaching, it's an opportunity that we have for you to be involved in that also. So uh, thank you for the opportunity that I'm able to share and encourage people. As you're walking by, if you ever want to consider to be involved in it, you're welcome to. We meet second hour. We go to big church first hour. We meet second hour. And during the summer, we're going to be meeting at 915. It'll just be a time of singing and a time of prayer before we go to big church. All right. Thank you, Keith. Here's a cheers to that. One, two, three. That was a great one to two minutes. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> Let's um, give Keith a round of applause. Awesome. 
And we're going to invite uh, Olivia and Trevor Bullman to come and talk about community groups. Who's in a community group? Round of applause. Yes. That is a lot of our church. That is exciting. So here is Trevor and Olivia. All right. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Olivia. I'm focusing on keeping the mic to my chin, as Josh everybody. told us. So, um, this is my husband, Trevor. Um, we got married in August, and I just want to tell you a little bit. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about our journey to becoming part of this church, and then part of the community group that we're in. And then Trevor is going to share about what that looks like, and then we'll tell you steps moving forward. Um, so I was a part of a church in Salem that I just absolutely loved. Um, I was really involved in a community group there. Um, we lived life together. We prayed together. We studied God's word. Um, it was active. Well, I should say we sort of studied God's word, but it's more of like a social group that we would pray together and, um, just kind of live life together and, when we got married or when we got engaged, I was telling Trevor, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be really hard to leave if we move to Corvallis. And I really, we just started praying for um, a church that values uh, living life together and for another group that we could um, just join with. We actually just were praying for one couple. We were just hoping and praying that God would send us one other couple that could um, just walk alongside us in our first year of marriage especially just we don't know what we're doing and it would be great if we have someone else to kind of um just share life with and encourage each other and challenge each other and um just hold us accountable so um we showed up our very first sunday um josh here led us pretty much by the hand to carissa and travis larson who are not here right now and he said, these guys are going to be starting a new young marrieds group. You guys should really get to know them. And we sat by them and we're like, we're really excited. Like maybe this is our couple that we can be, you know, living life with and figuring things out. So we started this young marrieds group. Um, and not only do we have them, but we also have eight couples. So there's, there's, uh, or nine total. Nine total. I'm math. Um, there's 18 of us in this group, and it has been the biggest blessing. I mean, I loved my old church and everything, and I don't want to compare anything, but God has heard our prayer and has been, um, I can just think, it's, it's just a tangible display of God's faithfulness every time we get to spend with these people um, that just, uh, we can just live life together. We've just made kind of a, an agreement that we're going to come with no masks. Um, we pray together. Trevor will talk a little bit more about what we do together, but, um, it's truly amazing to, to have just, a, another kind of smaller family that we can really dig deep with and, um, just see what God has for our marriages and our lives. And it's, it's been an incredible blessing. So, with that. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to kind of let you guys know an insight of how our group runs. Um, like Olivia said, there's about nine couples, and we all kind of cram into uh, Travis and Chris's apartment, which they've been amazing hosting us uh, pretty much every week. But um, we start out, and we just get together and just talk about life for the good, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Uh, and then we really dive in to the Word. And we, we have done a couple of different studies. We've done a book of the Bible that we went through in Hebrews, and we've done a, a book study. 
Um, and Travis has been really great at actually leading that discussion and keeping uh, the questions really thoughtful. And so we do that for about an hour. And then I think one of the most impactful things that we've been able to do in our group uh, is after we do our study, we pray, but then we actually separate and the guys go into the separate room and the girls stay in the living room. And and we just, for, I mean, first of all, we just talk about, you know, our struggles and, and we're vulnerable with each other. I, I know the men, uh, it's been our, really our favorite time of the group because we just talk about, hey, what what are we struggling with in life right now? And uh, we've been able to put that trust in each other of, of just talking about, hey, what What's tough in our in our marriages right now, even though we're beginning out, yeah, we're just beginning a lot of us, uh, and just pray with one another. And sometimes we just do it as a group. Sometimes we'll break off just with a couple of us and pray for each other. Um, so it's been a really amazing experience, uh, just growing. And and we've done so many amazing things with our group already. I mean, we've just started it, you know, last year, and I feel like we've done you know weekend trips together, and and it's really the people that we live life with now, and. Just to give a quick quick story of an insight of how our group runs. Um, so there was a couple of people in our group who didn't really understand how traffic signals worked. Uh, how <laughs> it's a uh, it was us. It was us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we understand how the the traffic lights got signaled. Whatever. It, it's not important. Um, but we we decided. So Travis, he is a transportation engineer. He decided to take the group on a little field trip out to the corner and show us how the circles in the ground signal the lights uh, to change. And so we have about 18 of us on the corner while all these cars are driving by just staring at the concrete. Um, And then we went back and and finished our group. So uh, this is kind of like a a typical Tuesday for us in our group. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Olivia's going to kind of share just like what we have going, you know, going forward and the steps we're taking as a group to serve. Yeah, that was uh, one of the more Less, yeah, it was enlightening. Anyways, um, so I just have a quick verse that comes to mind when I think of our group and other community groups, maybe. Um, it's uh, Hebrews 10, 23 through 26, or 25, sorry. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's really our focus, is trying to encourage one another to um, keep seeking the Lord, to do good works in his name. And uh, we just got a few things. We're hoping in the future to do kind of a, a parents' night out where we can help with kids. Um, woo, woo! I'm hearing Keith over there. That sounds exciting. I want to get involved. So maybe we can we can talk about that. So we're always looking for opportunities to to serve. And um, so if you guys ever need anybody, uh, we're we're here. Woo! <laughs> so um, pretty much that's what we have, and we love you. Love you guys. We love everybody. But yeah. Okay. Do we both get one, or just uh, you guys share. we'll just share? share. <laughs> on, three, one, two, three. All right, we got a one last group here. Are you guys hanging in there, okay? All right, one last, then we'll be doing some moving and shaking. Um, so this has been a ton of fun. Uh, I am going to try this and make this so it doesn't fly away. Oh, my goodness. Outside is awesome. 
All right, so I am so thankful for this chance to get to share about Home Group. It's such an honor to get to stand up here and tell you about our group and about this year. So like I said earlier, my name is Megan Karstensen. I've had the privilege of being the director of Home for the last five years. And Home is led by about eight women every year from our church. So Home is actually an acronym that stands for Helping Our Moms Excel. And it's a group for moms with kids ages five and under. And we meet every two Tuesday morning with a vibrant group of about 60 ladies and 100 kids. It is a ton of fun. It is a ton of fun. Our mission at home is to support and encourage all moms during the season of life. And we do that in two main ways. The first way is through community. We want to build a community of support and in care and care as we embrace this joyous yet exhausting season of life together. And so we affectionately call it the mom tribe, right? Yeah. Do I have ladies here that are, no, just me. Yes, they're out there. And, and so we tell our moms, when you come, come and belong. This is a place where we come and we carry one another. And it's not a place where you come and just go. And so um, the, another way that we reach our mission is through teaching and equipping. It's really important to us at home that we provide uh, wonderful teachers and speakers to come and equip moms to um, grow in their skills and empowerment to do motherhood well. So we have had a really... Um, great season of vibrancy and a lot of influence in our community as we build a place that's safe for women to come to be known and to be reminded of how loved and valued they are as we prayerfully share Jesus's truth and grace with them with relevancy, authenticity, and with great care and tact. So this is a great place to invite neighbors or coworkers or friends or daughters or daughter-in-laws, um, whether they're believers or not, or whatever uh, walk of life they come from, whether they're pregnant with their first baby or have a whole gaggle of kiddos, they will be loved and embraced and welcomed warmly at home group. Um, something cool about this year, we're thrilled to hear from our, our faith community as well as our secular community that home has a very positive reputation here and that it is joyfully recommended by both sectors. So we think that is really great. Also, for the first time this year, we hosted two parenting workshops where we teamed up with friends of the family, and we got to enrich whole families. And these were very exciting events and very successful. And then very specific to this year, God gave us a very clear vision that we are to turn on different types of lights to reach all women and wherever they're at in their season of their journey of faith. And so some of the lights might have been, for example, like a dim night light or maybe a warm firelight or even bright house lights. But we were faithful to that and we turned on some lights this year and it was super cool. So some ways that might have been were through one-on-one -on -one relationship. And then we turned on some really bright lights where we did spiritual classes and spiritual discussion groups, some geared towards moms that don't know Jesus and some towards equipping the saints. So that was very, very exciting this year. And uh, myself and the leadership team and a number of people from our church sought God for, uh, for these uh, kids and these families. And, um, and so we followed God's guidance in that, and he awakened hearts this year. And it was really exciting to be part of. So thank you, Northwest Hills, for supporting this ministry for so many years as we get to see the fruits of it. So let's cheers to home 
to a year of turning on lights. Cheers. Cheers on three. One, two, three. Thank you, Northwest Hills, for an amazing last ministry year. We're excited about the future. Final cheers. Cheers to Northwest Hills. Cheers to the next year. Cheers to the next year to come. Cheers. All right, we've got a final kind of closing word from Mr. Tim. And then I'll pray, and we'll get going with some lunch and some bounce houses. All right, this has been really exciting to be here. I, I, it's, it's interesting watching, looking around, uh, all the different service projects, all the different service teams. And, and then I start looking at all the different individuals and the different types of lawn chairs. And some people have blankets and some people didn't bring theirs and sat back under the cover, which is totally cool too. And it just reminds me of how, you know, unique and diverse our church is and how we're placed in this community, uh, in Corvallis. And, and really, that ties back to the vision that we talked about about three weeks ago uh, as the elder team. And so uh, somebody at our, our prayer this morning said it was so cool to wake up up in Timber Hill and be able to hear the, the music team, the worship team, uh, warming up and getting their, their voices going. And, and so I, I kind of thought, let's revisit that vision. Let's see if we can make a little noise here, wake up a little bit. We just had a lot of up and down and clapping and want to make sure everybody's still with it here. John Reese was like an expert. I just saw him going up and down and up and down and up and down. He was getting after it. Um, so so our, our kind of relaunched vision, which, which we are so lucky that Steve was able to preach on the last couple of weeks. So love Jesus. So let's everybody as loud as we can on one, two, three, and we're all going to say to love Jesus. And I want this to be loud. I want the people up in Timber Hill to hear it. Okay, so here we go. One, two, three. To love Jesus. The next component is to live like Jesus. One, two, three. To live like Jesus. And to make Jesus known, to make him known in our community, abroad, make him known. So, one, two, three. Make him known. All right, that was was pretty good. We'll, we'll, We'll have to have more people here next year. It's going to be exciting. I'm very thankful for the staff, for Josh, for Megan, for putting this on, having this kind of vision to put this together. So, yeah. Last announcement, and then I'm out of here, and I think people are prepping for food, and Josh will give some instructions. We're super excited, the elder team, to have Josh as our official candidate. He's going to be preaching next Sunday. So make sure you tell everybody to come next Sunday. So we want to hear Josh. So that's my closing word there. Uh, Just make sure that it's tough in today's day and age to make sure we've touched base with everybody that considers Northwest Hills home and their family. And uh, so if you have friends you maybe haven't seen in a couple weeks because people have been traveling, just make sure that they're here next week to hear Josh. We're excited for it. All right. Thank you. All right. So, again, kind of the last word is just seriously without – uh, the Lord caring and sustaining our church, there is no resilience. And without you caring and leading our church, uh, we're not here. Um, so really cheers to the Lord and cheers to you guys. Thank you so much. And if, if you got left out, I am so sorry because the reality is I could come and talk 30 minutes about every single person I see here making this church what it is. So thank you, every one of you. Seriously.